0: The Gold Rock Podcast, I'm Ben. As always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connor, to bring you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. This week, we're discussing the first camping trip with Pokemon episode and what it might mean for Pokemon models and textures moving forward. And we'll also bring you some news about the next Pokemon coming to seven-star Terror Raid Battles, which is an absolute mouthful, and as always in our devil's advocate section, we'll be discussing whether Nuzlocks are bad. Mm-hmm. Connor, it's a really quiet week for news, so I don't know if you do the same as me, but typically before we record the podcast and we're looking for news, I just just go on Google, I type in Pokemon, and Pokemon I click on news. news. Yeah. yeah, and typically there are some good things amongst the dozens of articles about people complaining about Pokemon Go, as as always. Random articles about, oh, somebody drew a different version of this well-known Pokemon. There's always one of them every which week is, without Which fail. is like,
1: you know, I enjoy finding these things on Twitter and I love that artists mm-hmm. are getting a shout-out, but
0: it's not news. It's not news. It? No, I, I, I can, like, new, news for me would be someone actually designed this and then Game Freak picked it up and went, yeah, like let's add that. That that would be news, but when it is just like oh, some somebody like drew, and to be fair, normally draws really good artwork. That isn't that isn't that isn't news. Un- unfortunately, it's a it's a real shame. And I even today, I even went to the Pokemon website and clicked on their little news section, and it really does feel like if you are a, a if we if we were a Pokemon podcast that did Pokemon Go if we did the TCG the majority of the time, like we would have almost infinite news. But because we don't tend to dabble in them, because I don't think our audience, or most of our audience, is that fussed or engaged about them. Well, I think
1: there are other podcasts for that kind of thing.
0: Agreed. I think we look at Pokemon on a far broader topic
1: than, say, other podcasts that may focus specifically on the TCG and talk about the latest decks and the meta and what's happening at all the most recent competitions and what the new sets mean for the the plays that are going to be made in the future. Or Pokemon Go, you know, I just don't think either of us play it enough. So we could sit here and go, ah, in fact, we even spoke about it last week because there was a tie-in with Detective Pikachu. Yeah. And we discussed, like, should we announce it? Do we care enough to have it be an actual conversation? Because that's what we... Realistically, we're two guys who enjoy Pokemon. Yeah. And like talking about it. So we use the news and we use what's going on in Pokemon more as a way to have a conversation than to share it with you guys. Like, we love our audience, but we're two friends having a chat and you're
0: invited along. That's all this is. Hello, (laughs) Thanks for coming along. and, and funnily enough, like it, because a lot of the time, if we were to touch on those subjects, like Pokemon Go, for example, when we were discussing the Detective Pikachu, and we we I, I even remember bringing up and going, "Well, I've already done the challenges; I can discuss them." But there was there was nothing really to talk about other than, "Yeah, you catch a couple of Pokemon. There's a couple that are wearing hats, and that's about it." Like the the, the like for for me, I I I don't know what value we would bring by just parroting what other podcasts and news outlets are saying about oh there's this certain pokemon available in pokemon go at the moment this is the current raid at the moment this is the event that's going on especially when we're not neither of us are diehard pokemon go fans i'm probably more of a fan of pokemon go and i i do play it you know every couple of days and i have gotten into it a lot more recently but for me it's a game that i can quite easily put down See,
1: again, um, Pokemon Go was more of a topic for me when they were talking about getting rid of um, remote raids because that's something that affects me directly, being somebody mm. who has disabilities and isn't always able to go out and play. That's something I have insight and an opinion on that I can share that's maybe different to other people's, different to yours, and therefore we can talk about that. Just saying, oh, by the way, there's some Pokemon with hats.
0: Yeah, cool. <laughs> Fine, that- fantastic, great, just, just, just fun. Although I did see something, uh, and this will probably be the last thing on Pokemon Go. I did see an article that someone. Do you know what? Do you know what the roots are? How do you mean on Pokemon Go? What? So a root on Pokemon Go is something that was introduced recently. You basically. People can map out. Okay, start at this poker stop, end at this poker stop or a gym, and then if you follow along that path, you can pick up Zygarde cells, which you can then use to evolve Zygarde. Oh, okay. It's very long, long winded, and people's routes have been rejected. I went on a route that took me basically. I had to jump a fence to continue it, so it's, it's it's absolutely bizarre because you've got people creating routes, but there is a system in place where, like, I reported that route saying, "Yeah, it's it's not really friendly." And it actually got removed, so there is some kind of functionality there. Any, anyway, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm talking about that is because there was a news article where someone had created an abs- absolutely absurd route that was seven hours long. That was, that I think, was described as a meatball. It was like literally just like this on the map, just backwards and forwards, all all over again. Um, but yeah, like Pokemon Go news, typically never positive, which I think is another re- or very rarely positive, which is one of the other reasons why. I don't think we like talking about it because we we've spoken before. Like we love Pokemon, we love Pokemon, but sometimes like you you have to be critical of the things that you love. And Pokemon Go is one of those things where it's very easy to be critical of it.
1: Yeah, there's a very fine line between love and hate, and I think you have to be that invested in something to feel that way about to
0: feel either way about something. Agreed. Agreed. Should we move on to the first piece of news? I think if we do the terror raid battle, I yeah, think that's let's, the shorter let's one, get and that out of the way, and and makes a bit of get it out the way. <laughs> I love that. So um, a grass terror type, Hisunian decidui. I don't know if I say that right. That's how Decidue. I've always decidui. Okay, like deciduous tree. Due. That makes. I have no idea what that means, but I'll, I'll. It's a evergreen. Okay, you sounded very confident, so I'm just going to. It's either your an lead. evergreen
1: or the opposite of an evergreen
0: what's nevergreen
1: evergreen nevergreen brilliant <laughs> it's not uh, it's, but... it's it's the opposite of an evergreen it sheds its leaves because it's a ghost type
0: that makes sense. Okay. I love that. Um, so yeah, so it's coming to seven star terror raids in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It will have the mightiest mark. Um, you've already missed the first event to play this, but it's coming back round again. If you're listening to this is the at the time of uh, publishing. So uh, on the Friday, you've got until Sunday, October the 15th to play this. And H- 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 Hsien, I'm going to Butcher this again because i've got it stuck in me that but it's not de decadu sure yeah uh, it cannot normally be encountered in paldea um are you going to is this going to get you back into it or not
1: i mean i have legends arceus so no um <laughs> however it's always nice to have the thing i realized about these was we were talking i can't remember whether we were talking about it or i was talking to somebody else about competitive and how many different games you'd have to own to be viable and competitive these days? Um, the fact that Ursuluna is a powerful Pokemon, the fact that Urshifu is a powerful Pokemon, the fact that Cresselia is a powerful Pokemon, and you need a whole bunch of games going all the way back to have access to all of these. And it made me realize that, you know, Legends Arceus is a separate game. As much as it's one of my favorites and I think everybody should play it, it is a separate game. So if you want to compete in, um, Scarlet and Violet, you should be able to have access to these Pokemon that aren't usually available in game, but are available because you can trade them in. Sure. These raids are perfect for people like that.
0: I uh, agree. I think
1: that that thought kind of brought me around
0: on the raids a little bit. There is a place for them Mm -hmm. um, because, like, you know, it cannot be normally encountered in in Paldea, according to this. So basically, if you are someone that only plays the Mainline games. You know, Legends Arceus, you passed up because it wasn't a mainline game. This this gives you that opportunity to to get this Pokemon. And I I've actually been doing more of the raids lately. Um I don't have we spoken about this? I've been doing more of the raids. No. Oh, uh, okay. I, I I've basically been doing a lot of the um the I think six star raids on my own. Because I, I'm not paying for um Nintendo online at, at the moment. And I have been grinding for the different uh Herber Mysticas, Um because I want to eventually do some shiny hunting in, 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 in Aldea. And the way that you do that, or the, the best way to do that is to, you know, get these Herber Mysticas, which are, are quite a rare drop from them. And I I I must say I I'm actually enjoying the raids a bit more now, but the frustrations are still there with a lot of the issues. However, what I've realized is I don't know why, I seem to do better playing with the AI than real people when I did have the online pass. And the only thing that I can think of is because when you are battling with AI partners, it's almost like the game knows, are they going to get knocked out? So the timer doesn't go down as much, it seems like. But when you're playing with real people, it's suddenly like you know when suddenly you get a big chunk just disappear. And I've been able to solo probably every eight or nine out of ten of the See, six star terror raids that I take I, on.
1: I would have to question: is that not just like the the lag of four people adding up? That actually could be it. Yeah, they get they the, like we be. all know the raids aren't perfect; they are broken to some extent. People have their mm. own stories. Some people haven't seen any, but from what I've seen, they're still not working entirely as intended. Um, and if you multiply that by four games, I, I imagine the problem compounds.
0: Yeah, it, it, I still get the same issues of, you know, you 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 press A, you press A again to choose a move, but then something interrupts the, your enemy, does some stuff, and it's like, oh, no, you got to select your move again, but your move didn't go through. Didn't it, go it's, off. It's 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 absolutely bizarre, but I'm sure there are a subset of people that are, are are enjoying the raids who do enjoy it because I, I must admit I I think they are faster paced than Sword and Shields. I you, you still can get through only them Catch more? one. So if one you take of, part in this seven star race yes, and
1: you only take one, Hisuian and
0: decidui. I don't know to be quite honest with you. Um, that was the case for. Mewtwo, and I know it was advertised with Mewtwo. But I haven't seen anything around the other 7-star seven, seven raids that we've had. Um, such as... What uh, was it last time? Tall fan found a There's been a Blaziken one, I think. Um, there's been a... Um, uh, Chestnut. A few of them haven't been advertised that you can only catch one, so I think it is unlimited, because then you could grind for the ones that you want for, you know, Ev uh, IVs. Well,
1: that's what I was thinking, because with things like Hisui and Deciduei, you couldn't breed it. Because you can't evolve into mm. Hisui and Deciduei outside of Hisui.
0: True. So you would have to do this again and again if you wanted a, a specific one. Although, yeah. no, mm, no, you wouldn't. It, sorry. No, if you... It, because you could just like use some of the the stat um not stat stab, some of the bottle caps you could then change its nature so you, you, but if you wanted a legitimate one that was like good in all the different stats and it was legitimate well, so it has,
1: yeah it's got max it's got max ivs anyway hasn't it
0: is that just for the battle though this is a question i couldn't find the answer to
1: i have to assume that no it, that's why you do the unrivaled matches because you get the max iv pokemon I right
0: okay did did we ever speak as well about the mewtwo raid we spoke about it did did you do it or not no i didn't even pick okay a mew. did you not <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> that that i can I, I can understand i i don't know what it was i um i got the mew because my daughter wanted the mew because my daughter hasn't got a mew so i was like okay right you get your mew i might as well log on and get my mew while i'm here and then when I looked at it, I think there was like 24 hours left in to to beat Mewtwo. I don't know what happened, but I was suddenly like compelled to fight this Mewtwo, and it was an absolute mess trying to do because, you know, there were a couple of guides online about how to do it solo, and then they would be like, okay, these very specific like. Things need to happen happen in the battle such as like your opponent missing from a single mud slap at the start of the fight and it just got to the point where I was like yeah this is just this isn't how the game should be played where you are having to constantly reset to get two of the three AI trainer Pokemon that can lower its defense and I think paralyze it from from what I remember so in the end I literally just Got a free seven day trial in order to beat the Mewtwo, and I got it on my first try. But there was a very specific setup that you had to do for Mew um, in terms of the right tera the right moveset, and like it made me realise that I do I don't completely enjoy having to figure out. Okay, my, this is my opponent, and this is the setup that I need to do alongside friends. But maybe that's my problem is I haven't got a group of players that I can play regularly with. So maybe that there is a, a place for people that do enjoy these very difficult raids that roll around of, okay, let's try and beat it with like a really weird team or let's try and like beat it as fast as we can. I, I I think there's, there's probably a bit more depth to this for some people than we see
1: or experience. If that sounds like fun to you, by the way, hit Ben up in the kingdom discord in the, in the golden world podcast section. You, you sure. can contact Dude. us or find them on Twitter. He he will tell you his Twitter handle, but at the end of the show, you'll have to wait. Um, you. Yes, now you can, only catch, <laughs> you you can, can only, only catch one.
0: You can only catch one. Okay, so okay.
1: it's 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 max stats. Get it's got the mark, but you only get one, so you can't breed it. So you can't put any. mm You can't put any kind of moves from breeding on it. Yeah, this is just interesting. I mean you could. You could you could breed it and then send it over to Legends Arceus to evolve it and then send it back, but we're assuming that you don't have Legends Arceus here. Yeah, interesting. It's just, uh, I, sorry, I'm I'm arguing my, my, with myself here, because I was on a thing <laughs> I'm of like, I'm oh, just saying this, this actually is a really good way to look at this. This uh, this helps people who don't have other games to get all these Pokemon and get them ready for battle, and I'm like, eh, well, sort of. Oh, but if you move them across, yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, you get one special this issue point. in this is
0: <laughs> absolutely fantastic Let, let's move on to the camping trip with with pokemon so the pokemon company has put out in the first in a series of short movies called camping trip with pokemon uh, the first one came out on october the 9th this is a a follow-up a pseudo sequel i guess to last year's pokemon sweets paradise which i know i watched one but i can't remember much about it. i, I can't remember anything about it to be quite honest with you um for those of you that haven't watched this it is we were talking before the podcast it's basically asmr with with food you you described it as food porn which i think is a very apt way to put it Uh, honestly like i food has never looked so beautiful in in all my life like the the the, you know the, the light reflecting off it and you know the movement it looks absolutely beautiful but this is a pokemon podcast um Connor, was was there much Pokemon interaction in it? There's not a whole
1: lot of Pokemon. And one of the things that worried me going into it is it's a camping trip with Pokemon. And one of the things, because this is going to be a short series, um, a bunch of short short videos coming out. One of the things that always worries about me, these worries me about these things. I can use words, they're good. Um, is that it's we're gonna do a human thing and Pokemon are gonna be along for the ride. I kind of don't want that. I don't want to see what people do every day and Pokemon are there. I want to see what people would do every day if Pokemon were really there. So for instance, Mm -hmm. there is a very beautiful moment at the end of this where uh, most of the Pokemon heat some marshmallows up on the tail of Charmeleon. And that was the first thing that came to my mind when I thought camping with Pokemon is like, Okay, we're we're going to be roasting marshmallows off either off of a Charmeleon Charizard, or the Charmeleon Charizard is going to set the fire whilst the other Pokemon are doing other things. I want to see Pokemon interacting with the world and how it would be different if they really existed. And again, I'll throw it in. There is a very beautiful bit of animation. I think it's the Slugma house. Um. Cartoon, uh, Pokey Tune where you see the old lady sat there and she's knitting with this with the, um, not the spinner Galvanula's Galvantula's, uh, string. And that's just a okay. little, that's just a little
0: tidbits I want. Like, I think it's fair to say with this, like, you are, you are watching, like, if you remove the Pokemon, you could remove the Pokemon Pokemon from this and it is, it is 99% the same of a man cooking various desserts and then they go, right, let's add the Pokemon in at the at the end, like post-production, whatever technical term you want to use. But what that means is there's no interaction between the po- the, the Pokemon and the environment and the food. Like, like you said, you've got that Charmeleon there and the problem there is that, yes, the Charmeleon is interacting with the food, but the human isn't involved. Like, it is literally just all the Pokemon Around the Pokemon. What I want to see is, okay, the Charmeleon helping to, you know, um, get the heat of the oven up, maybe. Or, you know, the Jigglypuff just in the kitchen, just like singing relaxing beats and the guys like bopping along. The Psyduck potentially having to use, you know, water gun when a fire starts or something like that. You, you've got all these Pokemon that have all these, like, you know, unique, quirky features, abilities, whatever it might be. Like, Let's see. The, let's see how they work in the real world, because like, and th- this is part. I think this is part of the problem with with Pokemon for me is that it, it's sometimes it feels like you've got the human world that has existed all this time, and then we're throwing Pokemon in now. Yeah. What I would love to see is a world that is is developed alongside Pokemon, because in a very like in a if, that, if this was the real and Pokemon had lived alongside Pokemon, if humans and Pokemon had lived alongside each other for so long, like, we wouldn't have dug underground for coal because we would have just tamed fire Pokemon. Like, we probably wouldn't have a fiber grade as they are in real life because you'd rely on the water-type Pokemon. Um, you know, and electricity, well, you probably wouldn't be burning fossil fuels. You would probably just figure out how to harness the power of electric-type Pokemon. Like, and it... it it feels so much like the pokemon even though they're not an afterthought because obviously they've gone okay right how can we introduce pokemon into this this you know into this feature um for this example i want them to take it right back and go okay let's think about the pokemon from the outset and how that would impact on the story or what's going on and we don't get that very often. And I've never really clued into it until now. But, like, I want to see more of, like, the Pokemon world, not the human world with, with Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. And you know, it's... I mean,
1: our world is very much shaped by the animals we were able to tame and things like that. Um, mm. the f- our roads are big enough for horses. And the only roads really big enough for you know, cars, are those that were built after horses were kind of out of the way. Mm. That's why roads in America are much bigger than the ones over here in the UK, because all of our roads were built for horses. Over in America, they were kind of built once cars, or a lot of them were built once cars became mainstream. So th- there, there are ways that these Pokemon should be shaping the world and shaping the way people think about how they interact with it that I don't think is explored as much as I wish it was.
0: Agreed. And I think like just to go back to Legends of Arceus, like, I think that did a I think that did a good example of we've arrived at this world, let's try and integrate Pokemon into the community. But for the two for the um, I can't remember, the two clans that were already there, like, why would they not using Pokemon more? Why? Why didn't you go to their camp and you had fire Pokemon lighting, like like f- using fire Pokemon to cook food or well, surfing they, on at water least Pokemon?
1: Because Hissui was notorious for the Pokemon being oddly aggressive, um, unlike they were in other parts of the region. And catching Pokemon was still relatively new to them. So the mm-hmm. idea of taming these Pokemon to do certain jobs wasn't so much a part of their way of life, yet that was kind of what you as a player were introducing to the town through the Galaxy team.
0: True, true. I think, yeah, I I completely take your point. That was a decision they could have gone the other way with then and and gone, well, you know, there are, you know, this is why the clans are special because the clans have learned to tame these Pokemon. And while... uh, like it's it's like our modern day or like you know past equivalent of you know taming horses taming you know um, you know birds to be able to deliver messages and things like that you know there wasn't any magical device that we used. we just tamed them and I know Pokemon you know it's a little bit different because what's a pigeon going to do to you probably not a lot what's a Talonflame going to do to you probably quite a lot if you're trying to you know tame that thing without a device to do it I I would love to see. A, a series or whatever it is where the Pokemon feel like they've been there forever. Even even um Detective Pikachu, from what I remember of that, again, it just felt like he is the human world, but Pokemon are also in it. And I, I, I want to see them reinvent this and go, no, this is this is the this is the human world that has been influenced by Pokemon, which for all intents and purposes, we were around before humans. They they were around millions of years before humans. So like how does that how does that impact on it's kind of like us now? Like, if the dinosaurs had still been around, weren't curled off, what would have happened to humanity as they growed and developed well, what they've even grown and developed? Who, who knows? Just a really interesting. Well,
1: even story. so you bring up dinosaurs, like uh, weirdly used to really love a show called Dinotopia. Which is exactly mm. that premise, which is dinosaurs are still around. Here's a, uh, here's a tribe of people who still live with dinosaurs. And even things like the Flintstones, as much as it was a comic, uh, a, a comedy, yeah, it, it did more than Pokemon does. It integrates them into the society. Yeah. You know, when you're using a Brachiosaurus to eff- effectively work as a crane, that's you utilizing the Pokemon or the, the dinosaurs or whatever the case may be. To world build, you don't need to invent something if there's already an animal that can perform the thing for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I actually, yeah, you, you're absolutely right because, like, Pokemon, like, um, um, oh, D- of evolved form that we'll get in in the um in the next piece of DLC, like that is literally a bridge. Mm. Like Pokemon, like that, and okay, how do you utilize them in? in the, in the real world it would be oh, it'd be absolutely fascinating to see something like that because again in all the games whenever you're wandering through the towns the pokemon are always just a afterthought they're yeah. not like and, and we've even got pokemon that you know like groudon and stuff like that fighting pokemon that you know would be used in construction
1: well we and do yet- see like machoke shifting rubble i think in yeah. Orberg Town, where they're doing uh, they're digging tunnels and stuff the Machoke are shifting rubble but it, it very much feels like somebody's going okay, that's a human job that we need a Pokemon stand in for okay, big strong Pokemon and yeah. it's like, I just don't know if that's the way you would do it, if you were really living in this world
0: No, you, you wouldn't, like all manual labor I'd imagine would be done by you wouldn't, be shift- strong you wouldn't Pokemon. be shifting
1: rubble because you'd be using Pokemon that eat it. You'd be using Steelix to dig tunnels. You'd be using Onyx to dig yeah, tunnels. Exactly. You wouldn't be doing it by hand and then getting Pokemon to shift. You, you've you've added too many steps here.
0: Yes, yes. You've you've added steps that didn't need to be there. You you yeah. like absolutely right. Like actually thinking about it, like think like you know big, you know those big drills you can get that dig tunnels out. Like you wouldn't even need them anymore. Like say you would have these pokemon that just do the job for you and and actually the the only example i can kind of think of where okay that, that where we've seen it in modern games is um in galar and in um paldea where we've got the flying taxi flying taxi was something i wanted to bring up because it makes a lot
1: of sense in Corviknight. Mm-hmm. the fact that you know you have these flying taxis and i even really like the idea that you know, it can't be Corviknight over in Paldea because Tinkerton loved taking them down.
0: <laughs> Which is fantastic.
1: But then you just don't have a flying taxi, not have it be a bunch of squawkabillies. Because as soon as you make it a bunch of squawkabillies and then you also go over to Kitakami and it's a bunch of out, I believe. It's yeah. like, oh, well, Corviknight's not special anymore. That's not a thing it's, that Corviknight yeah. is doing because it's a big, powerful bird and can carry the whole thing. We haven't put it to use because it's good at it. We put it to use because it's the regional bird.
0: Yeah, which just takes it away, it makes them all seem less less independent. It's mm. like it it is like we we all know every single Pokemon game has has the rodent, they have the the bird, they have the early bug. And this actually like makes that worse because it's like, oh yeah, like the regional bird is just the regional bird, and this is what it does, rather than okay, right, so this area, well, they haven't got those Pokemon, so therefore, how would travel change in that region? It might be, well, you can't fly anywhere, but you can jump on the back of this really fast Pokemon that will that will take you somewhere. And instead of a, you know, a replacement for planes, we've got a replacement for high speed rail. Yeah. Because that's because the region you're developed in, you would go, okay, what are the Pokemon we've got, okay, and therefore, as you know, as, as civilization develops in that region, you would use the tools that you have. In this case, the Pokemon, and then you would go, okay, so what makes Hoenn stand out from, um, you know, Kanto? Well, Hoenn would be, well, a lot of the region is water locked, and therefore, we would use a lot more water Like you would see water Pokemon, you know, water ferries, water taxis um you know whereas you know more like um fishing villages on the outskirts and stuff like that whereas kanto which is predominantly landlocked well how would that impact on civilization growing up and and developing over time like there's some fascinating ideas here that i think i'd love to see explored and it would help to i think it would it would help to combat some of the staleness you get with pokemon where most of the games are you know a, a copy and paste of the core mechanics every single region and i wouldn't mind that so much if it was yeah you you're doing the eight gym thing again but the way you can go about traveling and exploring the region is completely different than the previous game because it's it's you know it's it's developed separately from the the previous region like in terms of civilization and there's new ways to exploit. It'd be absolutely fasc- fascinating to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, they also include so much of this stuff in the reveals, in the Pokédex entries. Like when we got... Um, Fido was revealed. It's like, oh, his mm. breath gives off yeast, so it's used a lot in bakeries. Where is that in the game? Yeah. Show me yeah. it. Don't just tell me. Show me. Yeah. Let me. Let me experience this world that you're building. And again, I, I it comes back to that thing of, I love it. I love this world that they've built. I just want to experience it more.
0: Mm. Mm. Does uh, bread uh,
1: exist because of Fido, or is Fido just a thing that we added to bread that already existed?
0: What, what, what does really it change? Good. Yeah. That's a really good question. Are point, the flavors actually. different for Fido made bread? Hmm. It's 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 fascinating. I would love to see more of this. Anyway, we we have we've, we've done what we always do and go off on the tangent, Connor, which is why I absolutely you know Sounds love about right. love discussing Pokemon with you. But the main conversation we wanted to discuss here about the camping trip with Pokemon is the textures of the yes. Pokemon. And because the textures look absolutely fantastic. You know, the scales on Charmeleon, you've got Pikachu with, you know, what we've seen in more recent Animations with Pikachu is it's it's a mouse Pokemon. It's it's furry. It's got hair, um, but only little bits, only little bits, only little bits. But I guess the conversation uh, I'd like to to talk about here is we're getting there. we we have made we have made steps in Generation Nine to add textures to Pokemon after what nearly nearly thirty years of not having textures, at least in the 3D games. Mm -hmm. Do we... Do you see a future where we get this level of high definition on the Pokemon? Okay, honest answer? Mm -hmm.
1: No time soon. Okay. Um, Simply because, again, this is a pre-rendered CG animation, so it wouldn't make too much sense for me to say, oh yeah, the next Switch title is going to look like this. It's just not going to. However, do I think it's something that we really should be striving towards? Yes. And for those of you who haven't seen the video we're talking about, it's more than we get in the games it's more texture than we get in the games it's not the model with a texture map applied to it so for instance we see sprigatito and you can see the individual hairs of mm. the fur and light kind of shines through it and you can see the background through it so it's not just here's a round object with hair looking texture it's actual hair um i think we really should be heading in that direction i think that pokemon Detective Pikachu was too far
0: yeah, for anything okay. I'd
1: like to see in-game. I think this is probably about as healthy of a medium as we can get without the Pokemon looking horrendously off-model. So yeah, I, I totally think this is the way we should be going.
0: I, I, I think as technology advances and it gets easier and faster to do this, I think yeah, it's something that Game Freak should be aiming towards, and I think they've made, I think they've made excellent steps. I I, I mean, when we discussed the release of Scarlet and Violet, we did praise how you know the Pokemon of in three D models have never looked so good. They look absolutely fantastic. Some of the textures, like pseudo, I remember seeing Pseudo Wudo in the trailer, and just thinking, oh wow, it actually looks like rock. It doesn't look like. A squishy little little toy. It it looks absolutely phenomenal, and the more we can do to improve the quality, the textures, whatever words you want to use to describe it of these Pokemon, I'm I'm all for it. And I'm I'm a firm believer that like in the past, I I I think I was the kind of person that now I want all the Pokemon available in in any Pokemon game that I buy but as i've as i've you know started doing this podcast and done done my content on my youtube channel i've thought you know what actually no i think i'd rather have less pokemon but higher quality of those pokemon because realistically that then means okay instead of okay gen 10's coming out we need to make you know we need to make sure all these pokemon have brand new textures well no you don't you you just select you know three four hundred of them and they're the ones you prioritise, and then when the next generation comes out or the next spin-off game, that's when you prioritise another load. And over time, you just then have this suite of Pokemon that have these amazing textures and and models um, that look absolutely phenomenal. And again, like it helps them to feel more lifelike because. It, realistically, they would like Charmeleon. Yeah, would have, it's a reptile, it would have these these scales. Pikachu, a mouse, would have this this fur if they were real life creatures. And looking, I funnily enough, I I recently dipped back into Um Mega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, and yes, like I remember seeing those models for the first time, thinking, yeah, they look absolutely fantastic. But now compared to the Paldean visions, like. Oh, okay, right. Game Freak, you know, oh, and it's not Game Freak, it's um Creatures Inc., is it? Mm-hmm. They've do yeah, the done, done the modeling. Who've done the modelling? Like it was something that, that I I didn't think we'd get. I really didn't think we'd get, mainly because at the time I thought, well, it's not needed. But actually thinking about it now and the steps we've we've taken and what we can see here, I think it is needed to really continue to push Pokemon.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think especially with the way that game engines are developing, the amount of lighting that is capable these days, that's going to be a huge change. Because, again, skin reacts differently to light than, say, a piece of paper or hair does. And we... You may not think you notice it, but a part of your brain always will. Mm. And it's why I can look in your background now and go, that's a fuzzy Pikachu. That's a Pikachu made of Blocks. They look yeah. different. And all that's really different is because they're both flat images on my screen, really. I can't touch them. I can't know how they feel, but I can see how they feel. And it's how the light interacts with them. So that's what really needs to change, I think, uh, going forward. And I think, I, 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 realistically, it's going to, I should say, it's going to get easier by the sounds of it. The Switch 2 is going to be a very powerful or a relatively powerful system, if all the rumors are to be believed. Whether Game Freak can take, uh, make the most of it is yet to be seen. <laughs> But I think if there are productions in place that are already putting uh models and textures and things out there like in this video, we should start seeing some of that trickle down
0: agreed, and I think what that would I think that would help to put some distance between the game and the mainline games and the other things that we've got, such as the the movies the anime. Uh, Uh, they can they can i think they work as the okay here's the cartoony style graphics they're not high quality models because they don't need to be so the games can you know you know um, differentiate is that the right word themselves from the other things that are are available in the pokemon community and go okay you've you've got those kind of styles over there but this is the style that the games are going for we're now trying to make these Pokemon hyper realistic in terms of graphics um and, you know and if we can couple that with them acting more like creatures rather than just digital assets like even better like you know if you could get Pokemon that look like the you know they've been in water and they're sweating you could have you know char- Charmeing wandering around and you know that that the the light from its tail actually impacts on, you know, the environment. So if you put it in a cave, the cave has that kind of like orange-like glow that fades in and out. There is so much you could do by increasing the the, the graphics of the, these Pokemon or the textures, what it, whatever you want to, you know, word it as. There's there's a lot we could get out of it, and I really want to see that. I would love to see that. How likely do you think it is, though? Not at all. Honestly I think I, I I think kudos to you know to the Pokemon Company Game Freak Creatures Inc for taking that step with generation 9 but I think honestly we'll get the remainder of the the new updated textured pokemon throughout gen 9 and gen 10 I don't think we're getting an update then for 5 10 years maybe because it's not cost effective to do so
1: Yeah I see what you're saying
0: I think, yeah, let's let's do this now because it was needed for quite a while and then once it's done, it's done with and we don't need to, to do it. And honestly there's a there's a very real possibility that they did this knowing that okay, the switch to, or whatever it's going to be called, the success to it is going to come at some point. Let's get this done with now because we might need more time to get to grips with the new hardware and whatever the development platform they use is. I'm, I'm, I'm and therefore, this is one thing that we don't need, we can sort now, and we don't need to sort out later.
1: I think it changes. Uh, one last thought as well. I think it changes mm. the approach you have to take to designing Pokemon as well. So, okay. for instance, talking about um, the Detective Pikachu movie, Mister Mime's a bit weird. The idea of him having dodgeball shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> was a, was a bit odd. So I think there has to be a level of okay. We have to think of these more as animals than just our two D drawings, which everything is based off of at the moment. You because know, there, that, was, there the... was that argument when Scarlet and Pilot came out that people uh, said they'd done the two D rendering. And then made the 3D model from that, or it was the other way around. they'd basically taken a picture of the 3D model and then drawn mm-hmm. over it. Could you do that if it was all fully texturized?:
0: I' think you could, could you i i I think so the, the, at which point okay. do you lose
1: do you start losing y- your translation between the anime and the games? Does Sprigatito in this look enough like the Sprigatito in the games? I'd argue yes. I think it looks very identifiable. Mm. But at what point is there too much disconnect?
0: The, the, and and the an additional problem is that like le- looking back at the artwork for the original 151 Pokemon, like it has that kind of feeling of okay this is this is um it's not too realistic and i think that works in pokemon's favor because it was like now you can suspend your disbelief you're going on a fun adventure with with funny little creatures isn't it going to be really fun but then if the artwork was like you know of of all those original designs and drawings had all these in-depth textures i think suddenly then it feels a lot more like, oh, this is aimed towards adults rather than children.
1: The, oh, yeah. uh, as I say, I don't need it to go as far as Detective Pikachu, I definitely don't need it going as far as those real-life Pokemon images that are
0: freaking terrifying. Oh, yeah, terrifying. But, yeah, I'd like us to aim for camping with Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be happy with that. And also, like, make the, make the food look as good as this, too. But the, the food, thinking about like I I because I'm doing this this Huber Mystica stuff, I've finally like really touched on. Okay, I'm gonna make some sandwiches. Jeez, it looks absolutely terrible. It looks absolutely. It looks like you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how many kids you've had in, in the family and whatnot, Connor. But you know those wooden food slices and pieces you can get that for yeah. children. Yeah, it, it, Pokemon Scarlet and looks like that to me now, and I'm like, okay, it doesn't look realistic at all so doesn't i guess look appetizing. A, it doesn't even look appetizing which, which anime is famous for its food oh it, look, it always looks i'm oh yeah i wouldn't mind that i'm suddenly finding myself hungry watching the anime
1: not but so much in the game
0: not so much in, in in the game so like if they are going to improve the the, the quality of these these animated these um textures of the pokemon i want to see them improve the graphics Alongside it of other just across things, across the board. But just across the board. But then it becomes this is the problem. Give me they... good grass. That's all I ask
1: for, Game Freak. <laughs> just give me good grass that doesn't <laughs> doesn't load in chunk by chunk every five seconds.
0: Yeah, I was watching my daughter. My daughter was playing it on the on the big screen, and she let she just left it. She went and got some water, and she left it where the grass was like faded and tear. And I was just like, oh wow, she doesn't even notice this. Like, to, it's like it's just grass. This is grass, but me there that's played like, you know, high definition games for I don't know how long at this point. Something in, oh, okay, right, that, mm, that doesn't look. This earns right. how much money? <laughs> I know, right. I know, right. Should we move on to Devil's Advocate?
1: Yes, let's do it.
0: Okay, so this week we are arguing, well, one of us will be arguing that Nuzlocks are, are bad. Uh, so that's Connie? Yeah, you're arguing Nuzlocks are bad. Indeed, and I'm arguing that they are Nuzlocks are fun. If you don't know what Nuzlock is, that's absolutely fine. Let's just quickly fill you on. It's, um, it's basically a way for you to play Pokemon with your own custom rules. and Nuzlock typically has three rules. You must nickname all Pokemon you capture. If a Pokemon faints, it's considered dead, and you have to throw it into the box or release it, and you are not allowed to use it ever again. And you can only attempt to catch the first Pokemon on a route when you enter it. You can tell how long I've been doing YouTube content. I just know those I remember the first time I did a video, I was like, wait, how do these rules work? Like, wait, hold on. You've rattled them off so
1: many times now that you're just like, yeah, I I know.
0: I just know it. I just know it. And just to kind of set the scene, we've both done Nuzlocke, right? Yes. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think Nuzlocke is what brought me into doing Pokemon YouTube.
0: It, it was for me as well, funnily enough. Uh, the first time I saw, um, I think it was uh, original one fifty one and Dobbs, and they were like, "Yeah, we we're playing, we we're playing Pokemon Red and Blue. All the Pokemon are randomised, and if they faint, they dare. You know, I am just like, "Wait, what is this?" And yeah. I just went down the rabbit hole of binging their their content because I was absolutely fascinated and, and like you. Yep, yeah, that's what made me think. I'm going to film myself doing this, and I'm going to put it on. I'm going to put it on, on YouTube. I tried so, a couple of
1: times over the years, but I always got so disheartened when my favorite died.
0: Okay, right. And, I think you need to save this for the arguments.
1: Oh, I'm going to start my argument.
0: Okay, go for it.
1: The idea of Pokemon dying is uh, antithetical to the actual process, uh, the gameplay that Pokemon are trying to build. So it's actually stated, I can't remember where the interview is now or who it was with, but it was one of the designers of Red and Blue who basically turned around and said, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, there is a weird obsession with Western audiences where everything has to die. Everything is just kill, murder, maim, hurt someone. So they purposely designed Pokemon to faint they they decided no we don't want pokemon to be about fighting to the death that's not a very fun environment and it's not an environment we want to breed kind of thing with our games so every time you play a nuzlocke you're kind of spitting in the face of the original designers ideas of what this game is and what they wanted pokemon to be
0: I can, I can understand that while I can appreciate as someone that creates something for a certain intent, that doesn't always mean that is what the audience resonates with. And obviously because of Nuzlocke's audience have resonated in some degree with, okay, right. There's a, there's a, there's a way you can play this game where, you know, there's an added challenge of Pokemon dying. Now, one of the reasons why you know we can you can argue, yeah, okay, right, that isn't how they intended it to do. Pokemon dying is canon. In the first game, you have Lavender Tower, and people are talking about their Pokemon have, have, have passed away, they've moved on. Like Pokemon do die in in that. And we've seen Pokemon killed in the um in the manga. I've never read the manga, but I'm pretty sure most people know about the Arbok getting chopped in two, apparently. Do you want to argue that's canon? Do you want to argue that it is, you know, it's written or produced by the same people that made the games? It, it's probably not. However, there are a portion of people that enjoy that realism of, yeah, if they're alive, they can die. And one of the benefits of of playing that way, and we've discussed this in the past, it, it forms that it helps you to form those. Bonds with Pokemon, which is ultimately a good thing because that's part of what appeals to us about Pokemon is, you know, you know, you building these bonds, to these Pokemon Ash Ketchum in the anime building these bonds, which is why he he rose to the the top. And this is just another way that it encourages you. It might not have been what they intended, but encourages you to. I love this Pokemon because it's the stars that I got and I've had it throughout this entire journey and it's alive oh, now it's dead. And suddenly you feel something, you feel something for a digital asset, like literally files that's that's passed away. So I'd argue, yes,
1: it has the capability of doing that, but I don't think the basic rules lend itself to that very often. Because a Nuzlocke is so much more competitive focused, It's all about, okay, I'm not allowed to let my Pokemon faint. Um, I have to keep them alive. I have to get through this with as few deaths as possible. What you end up doing is not necessarily forming a bond with your Pokemon, but just calculating everything, and they become more of a mathematical process for you than a living thing. And what you'll notice is in a lot of Nuzlocks, where people are allowed to trade out their Pokemon for whenever they want, well, they just rock around with the strongest team possible. Not the favorites anymore. Not, oh, I'm going to do this because it's a challenge. Not, oh, I really enjoyed this Pokemon that I randomly ran into and it's a really rare encounter. Oh, I'm going to take that with me. No, it's the first encounter I found. Is it strong? No. Get in the goddamn box. And sit there <laughs> We've all done it. Until I either need something to run an HM, or I need something as as death fodder. The idea that this game style introduces the idea of bringing Pokemon along on your team, specifically to die. <laughs> you, and you're telling me, you're oh, it's, uh, you're building bonds. It's all about building bonds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That so that is ultimately on the player though. The player makes those choices. A player could, you know, get a ratata on route 2 whatever it is and go yeah, it's going in the box and never going to use it. Another player might go that's that's the hand I've been dealt. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to use it. And ultimately that is the the good thing about Nuzlocks is they are so flexible that a player can 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 adapt it. They can tweak it in, in order to fit their individual playstyle. I myself have done it in the past where, you know, I've I've done um alternative versions of of Nuzlocks to increase the challenge, but also to kind of force me into using Pokemon that I wouldn't normally use. And that's one of the great things about doing Nuzlocks because I, I don't know about you, but typically whenever in the past I've played Uh, Pokemon games, I always trade over, so I've got the three main starters. I typically take the first bird that I see um, and then eventually pad it out with the legendaries that you'll come across. Nuzlocke, if you play by the typical Nuzlocke rules, it means that that isn't always an option. It kind of forces you to potentially, you know, pick up that Weedle that you've never really wanted to use, but hey, you're in Viridian Forest, that's your encounter, and you're going to use it because you haven't got a lot of the moments it's a great way to to get, it's a, it's a way to give you an excuse or a reason to use pokemon that you typically wouldn't use
1: but the thing is i think it's hard to say that you're going to take you're going to add more rules to this game to make it more flexible when in reality the game is already so flexible you already have so many options at your hands i mean i've done playthroughs before just standard playthroughs where I've gone, I want to use a team I've never used before. I'm going to go on to Smogon and have a look at their NU list. They're never used. What what Pokemon are basically garbage? Let's, let's take them for a ride. Let's see how they do. Let's build it. And I planned out my team as I went, and I went and I caught them. And the thing is, these were Pokemon that were maybe hard to catch. Delibird. Delibirds are really like not a common Pokemon and not a good Pokemon. So most people aren't going out their way to catch it for more than the Pokedex. And most people who aren't going out their way for it for the Pokedex kind of don't run into it. So I, as one of these people, went, no, I want to go catch it. And then any progress that I made with it, any successful battles I had with it, I still had a bond with it because that was a Pokemon that I went out and searched for. Not just one, I walked into Viridian Forest and. Oh, well, I got the Weedle. Oh, I kept the Caterpie. No, I went into Viridian Forest and looked for the Pikachu because I wanted to play with a Pikachu. That Pikachu meant more to me because that's the one I wanted.
0: I can understand that. I, I, I really can. But I think part of the, part of the issue, I think, currently with, with Pokemon is the games are, for me, not for everyone, for me, too easy. You by the time you've, you know, you've selected your team and you just kind of run through with them with that team of okay, I'm gonna pick this six, it's a well balanced team, it just forces me to 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 run through it. And I think the problem is then that the games lose what I enjoy about them is the difficulty, the challenge. And the great thing about Nuzlocks is you have there is a there is a greater chance that oh, okay, I haven't got six Pokemon, I haven't got a well balanced team, I've got three Pokemon. Two of which are the same typing, or that are weak. And it encourages you to play in a different way and suddenly it's no longer about okay i'm just going to brute force with the most powerful pokemon on my team it's about okay i do need to start thinking about using some status moves here i do need to start thinking about you know setting up um you know barrier or you know spikes or whatever it might be it encourages you to play in a different way whereas typically with pokemon when i play and i'm sure other people do the same of yeah, I'm just going to give it as many diverse moves as I can. I'm just going to brute force my way through because I'm over leveled. Because unfortunately, that's the way a lot of the modern Pokemon games are heading with things like experience share always being gone. Of it's removing some of the challenge, and a nuzlocke is a way to to introduce an extra extra, you know, challenge to the game to enjoy it in a different way. But if
1: nuzlocks with the one and only answer to that you wouldn't then have hardcore nuzlocks soul links you wouldn't have all these different versions of people making the game harder and harder and harder and harder if nuzlocks were the answer and the thing is nuzlocks don't even necessarily work in modern pokemon games scarlet and violet doesn't have roots so people have always got to make up oh well this is how i'm counting a root but sometimes and I can't it's I don't get a wild encounter anymore cuz I get to see what I'm encountering so the randomness is gone that made the nuzlocke possible so I just don't think it's not even necessarily that nuzlocks aren't good for the game but the game doesn't consider nuzlocks in its creation and we're talking about pokemon which has to already consider uh people who play online shiny hunters People who want to complete the Pokédex, people who just want in-depth story, single player, multiplayer, all these kind of players are already taken into account. They haven't got time. They haven't got the energy. They haven't got the brain capacity by the seams of it to just even consider Nuzlockers because they don't think it's a viable way of playing. They don't think it's a way of playing that they agree with. So they don't support it. And I don't think they're going to become really possible in the future of Pokemon.
0: Okay. Do we do closing arguments? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I'll, go, Realistic- I'll go first. Yeah, go on. Then. Okay. No, go on. Go on, Connor. You've
1: already got an argument. Go for it. Realistically, you can play a game however you want. And Nuzlocks have brought a lot of attention back to Pokemon. That much, I will say, because they're searchable. Because um, they played into a lot of the screaming YouTuber. <laughs> yes. You know, somebody could be like No! I lost my Pokemon!
0: It's a very good impression. That's you good know, I, I've
1: been there, I've done it. <laughs> but the thing is, for me, that's always very real. That idea of like and I've had real issues where I've had Pokemon die in an Uslock and I've not wanted to play the game anymore. That's, that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Pokemon shouldn't be a
0: game you can lose.
1: That's my opinion, anyway. Or at okay. least the one I'm making for this argument.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Nuzlocks are, are not just good. They are great. They are an additional way to play through a game once you've completed it. Unfortunately, Pokemon is kind of, okay, you've played through the game, you've completed the Pokedex. Whoop! Uh, you do? What now? Uh, wait, wait a couple of years for the next uh, generation unless you want to shiny hunt. Um, this is a way to add uh, a fresh way to play Pokemon. You've completed the game, you go, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to up the challenge ever so slightly and I'm going to get the benefits of playing in a different way, whether or not that's, you know, using new Pokemon encountering new Pokemon, making it more difficult. There's there's a reason why there's Nuzlocke, there's hardcore Nuzlocke, there's extreme randomized Nuzlocke and all this is because the great thing about, the, the thing about Pokemon is it's kind of this is how the developers made it. This is how how they want you to play it. All these different Nuzlocke variants means that you can choose one that fits your style and what you enjoy playing. And I guess my ultimate closing argument is: is Connie, you've done a Nuzlocke. Did you enjoy it?
1: Of course, I did.
0: Therefore, they're good.
1: It's not fair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but like that. Just to like you know wrap this all, all up like. There is an argument to be made that, you know, the developers don't want you to play that way. There really is an argument to be made that, okay, as as a developer, as a creator, this is the vision for how you should play it. And while I'll always maintain that I think Nuzlocke's are a great way to play Pokemon, I would never play a brand new Pokemon game as a Nuzlocke. A brand new Pokemon game, I would always go, I'm playing it casually. If a Pokemon faints, it's not dead. I can catch as many Pokemon as I want because that is the vision that they originally had when they created the game.
1: Yeah, I don't think the games are specifically balanced realistically for Nuzlocke, and as I say, the newer games especially not. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, But they are incredibly fun ways to play older games and a way to revisit older titles. I think, yeah, there's completely valid reasons to go back and go all right, I've beaten this game a couple of times before. I'm going to do it with harder rules now that are self-imposed as well. And this is the thing people forget about nuzlocks: It's the self-imposed rules. If you don't want something to die, just don't kill it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's <agreed>. fine.
1: <laughs> it's fine, guys. It really is. If you decide you want rock smash encounters, if you decide that your eggs hatching in a town counts for that town's encounter, sure, do whatever you want. That's the power of Pokemon. There's a lot of options there. You can play it however you want. Yeah.
0: That's the, that is, I think, one of the great things about Pokemon and why I think the Pokemon community on YouTube has thrived so much is because no matter what you enjoy about Pokemon, whether or not it's raids, whether or not it's shiny hunting, whether or not it's Nuzlocks, whether or not it's Versus, there's like a, a community within the Pokemon community and I think that's one of the great things that Pokemon has that I, I think, I don't think any other, I can't think of anything else that has that many communities within a community, um, which is, it's, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what folks, if you haven't done a Nuzlocke and it's something you're interested in, like just go for it. Just absolutely. Just give it a try and just see if it's for you. And obviously if you want to watch other people do it, um, have you still got your old videos on your on your channel? Yeah, they're all still there. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Follow the follow the links in the description down below to watch Connor, to watch me. Heck, there's actually a series where we we play against one another. The Wedlock that we did a oh, long the wedlock time. Wedlock
1: was great, and I, and again, that's one of the things I really think Nuzlocks play better if you can't swap out your Pokemon.
0: Agrees. Yes, I completely agree with you. Yeah, yeah, because it forces you then to go. Oh, this is the team that I've got, and. For better or worse, I'm going to make it work. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Connor. should we move on to this week's guessing game, which has, has been long overdue? Very long overdue. So this, this original guessing game was
1: developed for an episode that never even came out.
0: <laughs> yes. So remember wow. that one week we've missed how, in the last year and a half.
1: Oh, it was months ago. We, it was the um, Hisuian, not Hisuian Snow, um, Paldean Winds had Ash. just released, and we were supposed to be talking about it. So this, this, <laughs> all these Pokemon are related to Paldean Winds. <laughs> Fantastic, <rock. laughs> Uh Which came out a month ago. There you go. So the first Pokemon is Sititan. This Pokemon wanders around snowy, icy areas. It protects its body with powerful muscles and a thick layer of fat under its skin. Dex entry, number two. Ice energy builds up in the horn on its upper jaw, causing the horn to reach cryogenic temperatures that freeze its surroundings. And number three. This Pokemon is fiercely protective of Sotoddle. It utilizes its powerful jaws to fend off anyone who dares threaten its young.
0: Oh, Okay. I think the second one is so out there that it's that it's true. I think that one's a real one. So I'm stuck between the first and the third one. The first one feels so boring in comparison to the other two. That I think I'm gonna say the first one's the fake one.
1: Well, thank you for not calling mine boring. It was indeed the third one.
0: <laughs> right, okay.
1: <laughs> The second Pokemon is <laughs> Fuecoco. Oh. It clamps its mouth around fruits and vegetables before producing flames to cook them. The more charred its food is, the more delight Fuecoco take in eating it. Second one. Its flame sack is small, so energy is always leaking out. The energy is released from the dent atop to Fuecoco's head and flickers to and fro. And the third one. It lies on warm rocks and uses the heat absorbed by its square-shaped scales to create fire energy.
0: I have heard somewhere a Pokemon lying on a fire Pokemon lying on rocks, but I don't know if it's Fuecoco. I don't know if you've lifted that from somewhere else. But then the, the first one, obviously the the first time we see Fuecoco, it, it chars an apple, so there is that fruit link there. And then the the second one you mentioned about the 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 sack, and I assume that's what's on its head, right? But I'm because I was like, well, wait, it's got a sack. like. Where's the sack? But then you obviously you mentioned the top, so the, there's elements to all of them that I think. Mm, okay, I'm going to guess. Oh, I want to go for the third one, but the thing is, I don't. I if you're like me, you wouldn't have two false ones in the same position if that makes sense, like both mm. of them being three but then I think you might have done the third one
1: It's the first one oh, no. It's the first one, which again is obviously based off of that first interaction we have with Wichoco. yes Okay. Our third Pokemon and the final one that you need to get to have any points today is <laughs> Meowskarada The flower that floats around it is used to mesmerize opponents Whilst they are distracted, Measquerada strikes with its sharp claws. Second entry. This Pokemon uses the reflective fur lining its cape to camouflage the stem of its flower, creating the illusion that the flower is floating. And the third entry. With skillful misdirection, it rigs foes... Yep. It rigs foes with pollen-packed flower bombs. Meow sets off the bombs before its foes realize what's going on.
0: Third one?
1: It's the first one.
0: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Honest, honestly. Ah. That's, uh, that's, uh... <laughs> Did that third one have rigs
1: twice? It, no, 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 no. So, sorry. I got confused by the wording there. That was my fault. So with skillful misdirection, it rigs foes with pollen-packed flower bombs.
0: Still there, Connie? Yes. No you disappeared for a second it's then. all right They're you d-
1: you are cutting in and out from me as well so we should wrap up real quick <laughs> then we should do i got zero out of three then right my bad sorry yes you did uh,
0: it's fine i'll get you back next week connor you got anything that you want to plug uh
1: as of today the friday this is released uh, i finally put a video back out
0: yes fantastic what is it
1: it's it's about the Loyal Three. It's about okay. where Pokemon come from. It's about how the town finally managed to forgive um, Ogre Pond. It's about... Oh, t- there's a lot in it. There's a lot okay. in this
0: one. Fantastic. It is... Honestly, I can look at the grin on your face to... to- finally put a, a video back onto YouTube. Honestly, I'm so excited to have you back on YouTube, and I cannot wait to watch the video. Unfortunately, I'm away, so I'm not going to be able to watch it until probably Monday when I... Maybe Sunday, Maybe Sunday. Maybe Sunday. Um, I, I I can't wait to watch that. Uh, in terms of what I've got to plug, I'm funnily enough, I'm currently doing a Nuzlocke um on my channel where me and British Eagle, uh, who has been on the podcast before and I've done loads of content with him, uh, we're racing through um Canto uh in a race to see who can beat the Elite Four first. However, it's a fusion uh versus, which means that we can fuse any two Pokemon to create a brand new. Pokemon uh, episode one. I'm gonna I'm gonna toot my own horn here. Episode it's one over really a thousand well. views. Done absolutely phenomenal. Like honestly, I don't know what happened. Don't know what I did, but it seems to have worked. Worked. So if I can keep that up, I'll be a very very happy boy. And that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, just the top dollar aren't you? If you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, by leaving it on our Discord channel, or by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. As always, before you go, you know what to do. Leave a like if you're watching on YouTube, or leave a review. I do the five star on the podcast platform of your choice, as it always helps us out. Connie, where can we find that video you were talking about? You can about? find me on my YouTube channel at CaptainFidget or on Twitter at CapFidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoen Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoen on Twitter. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon Podcast Content. See ya!